0: sound of Sunday. Now listen, it's Holy Week, right? And we started last week, last Sunday, with Palm Sunday. The Bible says this, that Jesus actually rode into Jerusalem. He rode into the Holy City, and he rode on a donkey. And as he was riding on this donkey, that men and women and children would grab palm branches off, and they would wave these palm branches in the air, and some would throw them at Jesus' feet. And they were saying these words, Hosanna! Hosanna! Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they were praising God, right? And that was the beginning of what we call Holy Week, which is a very special week on the Christian calendar. And throughout this week, there's celebrations. And and then ultimately, we get to Good Friday. Good Friday is the day that we remember The death of Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth, but he came with purpose, he came to seek and save the lost, he came actually to die, to be the sacrificial lamb, and so he hung on the cross, nails pierced his hands and his feet, there was a spear that was thrust in his side, there were stripes that were placed upon his back, and that's Good Friday, Jesus died and was buried and put into a tomb. It's actually not a bad Friday for us. For those who know the whole story, those of us who know what all that took place, it's a good Friday. It's a great Friday, amen? And so we gathered this past Friday and we had worship and communion together to celebrate Good Friday. And then ultimately we get to today. Woo, Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. This is the best day when we can come together and say, Jesus didn't just die for the forgiveness of our sins. His blood wasn't just shed so that we can be forgiven. He also was raised from the dead so that we could be raised to new life. Amen? It's not just that we have forgiveness. It's that God, through the Holy Spirit, breathed new life into Jesus' body, and he's raised from the dead. There's an empty tomb so that we could have new life. Hallelujah? And so we celebrate that today. But what about Saturday? What about the in-between? And that in-between day, between Jesus' death when he hung on the cross and he ultimately went into the tomb. And between the time when he was raised from the dead and the angel came and that the women came to the tomb and found it empty. What about Saturday? The Bible doesn't say a lot about Saturday. Right? It seems to be a, a silent day. And you can imagine here that the disciples had gathered, right? Now there was 11 of them. And they had gathered probably most likely with some other disciples. And even though Jesus had said very specifically what was going to take place, Jesus was very clear. He said this, the son of man will be killed. I'll be delivered into the hands uh, of the Pharisees. And I will be killed, but I will be raised on the third day. He said very specifically exactly what was going to take place. And even though he did that, you can imagine that they're still filled with despair. There's still confusion. There's still wondering. Jesus raised others, but now it's, it's him. He's the one in the tomb. What do we do now? What's our next move? I can't go back to the life that I had. My career is over. Listen, Matthew couldn't go back to being a tax collector. Luke couldn't go back to being a physician. They were ostracized by the Pharisees. They couldn't go back to to whatever they considered normal. They were were caught in the in-between. And in all this chaos and all this confusion, there was one disciple that was feeling it more than the others, and his name was Peter. Right? You remember Peter? Peter's the guy that was always answering questions nobody was asking. It was always says this about Peter, and Peter answered. There was no question, he just decided to talk. Come on now. He just decided to put his two cents in. In fact, Peter was always kind of opening his mouth foot first. Right? He was just always saying things, and sometimes they were correct, and sometimes they weren't. In fact, one time Jesus had to turn to him and say, You're a devil! How you like that encouragement? And so Peter, he's, you know, he's just a fisherman. He just comes from a rough background, rough life. He's used to just this rough lifestyle. And all of a sudden, he comes and he's a follower of Jesus. And, and he's the one that actually was healing the sick. He's the one that saw all the miracles take place. He's the one that Jesus would take aside and be a part of this intimate little group. And so Peter walked these three years so closely with Jesus. And he said to Jesus, Jesus, even though everybody denies you, I will never deny you. I'll never do that. And I imagine that Jesus looked at him with such compassion and said, Peter, you don't even know. But I could tell you this. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And his words back to Jesus were this. Even though I have to die, I will never deny you. Right? Right? He said, I'll never do that. I'll never do it. But yet, here he is. He's caught in this in-between. Jesus had been arrested that week, right? Holy week, he's arrested. And while Jesus was arrested, the confusion starts to set in. And and all of a sudden, this young little girl, she's probably 12 years old, and she just says this. It was simple. It was just a little question. Hey, weren't you with him? And And Peter goes and starts cursing this little girl out. He just cusses her and says, I don't even know him. And he denies Jesus and denies him again, denies him a third time. And all of a sudden, the rooster crows. And then he remembers the words of Jesus. And the Bible says this, that Peter went and wept bitterly. So that when all these disciples are gathered, right, now there's 11 of them. And they're gathered on that Saturday. And they're in a room, you can imagine that Peter was off in the corner somewhere. He's usually talkative. He's usually loud. Do you remember when he, he cut off the servant's ear? Right? He wasn't aiming for the ear. He was going after the whole head. He just had bad aim that day, thank God. Right? And But yet, no, here's Peter. No, he's not, he's not loud anymore. No, he's, he's awfully quiet. It's a silent Saturday. And the other disciples are gathered there, and they're like, yeah, I mean, he got quiet. And they're all filled with confusion, but Peter was the one that denied him. Peter was the one who said, I'll never do it, and he did it, right? And so Peter was filled with his remorse. He probably couldn't eat, probably couldn't sleep. And watch this. He was filled with with this despair, but yet there's a sound that's about to happen. See, if, if Saturday is, is silent, let me just tell you, Sunday is anything but. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, if you're there or if you want to follow along on the screen, if you have your Bible app, it says this in verse number 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week begun to draw dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb And behold, watch this, there was a great earthquake, come on now, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And it says this, his countenance was like lightning, come on, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. They just said, I'm out of here, and they just fell over. Listen, every time an angel shows up, it's not quiet. It's like my nine-year-old when I'm trying to nap. There's no quiet. Angels aren't stealth. When they show up, it's loud, right? It is loud. And the Bible says that there was an earthquake. There was a sound. But it wasn't that sound that I want you to pay attention to today. In fact, I want you to pay attention to two particular sounds on this Sunday. The sounds of Sunday, and the first one is this. It's the sound of your own name, right? You say, well, pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Here's Peter, right? And he's, he's over in the corner, and he's thinking to himself, well, now I've blown it. I, I've gone over the edge. I mean, I've, I've, I've made the mistake of a lifetime. I'll never get over this. I mean, he may restore the others, but he's not going to restore me. I'm the one that, that said I'll never do it, and I'm the en- one that ended up doing it. And it says this in Mark chapter 16, that that angel said something. And the angel said this, go tell the disciples and Peter. hand peter the sound of peter's name listen you want to talk about a sweet sound it's the sound of your own name you want to talk about it even better when it comes from angels lips do you hear me now because angels are just messengers right they're just messengers all they can say is what god told them to say right They're not making this up as they go. It's God took the angel and said, okay, come here. I want you to go down there. I want you to roll the stone away. And when the ladies come, here's what I want you to say. I want you to say it exactly like this. I want you to say these words. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Huh? And him. Don't forget to say it exactly like that. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Peter, because that boy needs to hear his name. (laughs) Come on now. He needs to hear that I haven't forgotten him. Peter needs to hear that he's not too far gone. Peter needs to hear that he hasn't made this mistake that I can't reach down and grab a hold of him and lift him out of the pit of his grief and misery and despair. Listen, he needs to hear the most wonderful sound he can hear, and it's his own name. Go tell the disciples and Peter that he's not disqualified. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. See, that's something about that name. You say, well, why was it so important? Well, I can tell you. Peter could tell you. Huh? If I had Peter on this platform, he'd be the one standing here going, you know what? That meant so much to me. It just meant so much to me. I mean, I I thought I had blown it. I thought that I was done for. I thought maybe the others could could go on with life. But, I mean, I didn't know what to do with my life. My head was spinning out of control. I had the devil just speaking to me, telling me, it's over now. You're finished. You're through. You're never going to do anything for God again. But then I heard the sound of my name. And I had to ask the ladies again, "What, what did he say? He said, my name, and I want you to know today, if you're stuck in Saturday, if you're stuck in the silence of your own mistakes, if you're stuck in the silence of grief and depression and misery, if you're stuck in a place, in a moment, right, where you're wondering if God could ever use you again, if God could ever speak to you again. You're wondering if I could ever feel it again. I want you to know this, that there's a God in heaven who knows everything you've ever done. He knows your past. He knows when you lie down. He knows when you get up. He knows every failure, every mistake. And he is still here today calling you by name. Hallelujah. He's calling you by name. And it says this, I died for the whole world and you. And you. Huh? For God so loved the whole world and Brian. Come on now. You fill in the blank with your own name. For God so loved the whole world and you. See, that's the sound of your name. Amen. Listen, you're not random. You're not the product of some assembly line. Huh? Two planets didn't lose their GPS. Come on now. Paint just doesn't splatter on a wall and become a masterpiece. Somebody paints it. Huh? God formed you. God put you together. Amen? You're here for a purpose. You're here with destiny. You've got something on the inside of you called purpose. Hallelujah. And you need to know that God knows you by name. And he's calling you by name today. See, he did it to Lazarus. Do you remember the story? In John chapter number eleven, the Bible says that a friend of Jesus named Lazarus was sick, and he got sick. And the moment he got sick, they sent for Jesus. Right? His two sisters sent for Jesus. Said, "Go get him." And Jesus wasn't that far off. He was less than. He could come in a couple hours. He could have walked there in just a few hours. But he didn't come. He waited. And he waited and he waited. He waited so long that when he ultimately showed up, Lazarus was dead. And they look at Jesus and they said, Jesus, don't you care? In fact, one of the sisters wouldn't even come out of the house. She was just stuck in her disappointment. She was stuck on Saturday, she was stuck in her grief. But Jesus knew what he was doing, and he had the whole thing that he was going to put together. But even in his compassion, we get to the smallest verse in the Bible, and it says this, that Jesus looked at them, and Jesus wept, right? And so he gets to the tomb of Lazarus, and he says he tells, tells the, to them, first thing he says is, is, hey, take me to where you laid him. Take me to where he died. Take me to the place where you lost your dream. Take me to the place where you don't have any hope. Come on now. Take me to the place where where it all fell apart for you. Take me to the divorce. Come on now. Take me to where the relationship ended. Take me to where you you had to file bankruptcy. Take me to where it all fell apart. Take me to your greatest failure. Because that's where I want to show up. I want to go right there. And I want to speak to the hopelessness. Right? And So so he goes to the tomb of Lazarus because God specializes in showing up at the deepest, darkest moments of our life. And he showed up at that moment and he sits at the tomb and he says to them, listen, don't you know? I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. And he says to them, roll the stone away. (laughs) And And then he prays a simple prayer. Father, I thank you that you hear me when I pray. You always hear me when I pray. I got it now. And this is what he does. He says these words in John chapter 11. He says, Lazarus, come forth. What's interesting about that is there was only one person in the tomb. He could have just said, Come forth. He could have just said, Who's ever in there? There's only one of you. There's no options here. There's only one person in there. Right? But he didn't, and here's why. Because there was was a body in the tomb, right? But it was just a shell. Lazarus wasn't there. Lazarus had already slipped into eternity. Do you see what I'm saying? That was just an empty shell of a man that used to be called Lazarus. Lazarus was in eternity. The Bible says this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So Lazarus isn't in the tomb anymore. So Jesus, when he called Lazarus out, listen, he didn't reach into the tomb. He reached through the tomb. Do you hear me now? He reached through the tomb and into eternity. And it wasn't eeny, meeny, miny, mo. He reached into eternity, and he got one person to come back to earth. Now, and he called that person by name. And I want you to know, regardless of where you failed, regardless of what you've done, regardless of your past mistakes, God is able to reach right to where you are at. He knows exactly where you are, and he is willing to call you out by name. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. By name he knows you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he can bring you from where you're at. And he can call you out by name. And the second sound you need to hear today is this. You need to hear the sound of the breath of God. It's the breath of God that's blowing, right? It's the breath of God in Genesis, the Bible says, that that hovered over the waters. It's the breath of God that it says in Genesis chapter 2 that when God formed Adam, right? Adam was all put together. and, And listen, he looked good. He was all chiseled, you know what I'm saying? God made the six-pack, you know what I'm saying? He made that. I mean, Adam looked great. Just one problem, no life. Everything looked great, right, on the outside. See, some of us, we got it all put together, but there's no life. We got the bills paid, but there's no life. We take great vacations, but there's no life. There's no purpose. Huh? We're not doing what God's called us to do. We look good, and everybody would look at us, and, and it looks good. There's no life there. And God formed Adam in Genesis chapter 2, and the Bible says this, that he breathed into his nostrils what? The breath of life. Who There's something about the breath of God. When the breath of God blows on us, it changes everything. It brings us to life. It's not just just a soft little, little blow. It is this breeze. It is this sound. It is the wind. It is the same breath that raised Lazarus from the dead. It is the same breath in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when it was the sound of a rushing mighty wind that blew through the house of that upper room that filled the disciples, including Peter. Come on now. It's that same wind, it's that same breath, huh? And listen, it even blew into the nostrils of Jesus when he was in that tomb. All of a sudden, he came back to life. And the Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then that same breath, that same life is going to bring you and stand you up and say, Hey, I've got destiny. I've got purpose. I just can't wallow in my past mistakes. i got to get on with what God's called me to do. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. It's that same breath, and we have to sense it. We have to hear it, right? And it's the same breath, listen to me, church, that blew on Ezekiel's dry bones. Hmm? It's the same breath that blew on Ezekiel's dry bones. In a vision, God takes Ezekiel to a valley. Huh? Huh? And in this valley, there was nothing but bones, just bones. And Ezekiel is wondering what he's here for. God, what am I here for? Why, why, am I, why am I at this valley of dry bones? What in the world? And God just has a simple question. It's really not complicated. He just says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I want to ask you, can these bones live? Am I able? Hmm? I I teach people that everybody should have a life verse, a go-to verse. When things get rough, you know, you need a verse, man, that you got memorized. You ain't got time to look it up. You know, where is that found? No, no, you know it. You've got this thing down on the inside of you. And so I ask the church many times, I say, what's your life verse? And we hear some great answers. man. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, oh, for I know the plans that I have towards you. A lot of people, of course, love John three sixteen. A lot of people, it's somewhere in the Psalms, Psalm 23 maybe, and, and it's their life verse. And I've always taught you that, that mine, just personally, and you can have it if you want. You have my permission. Just tell them you got it from me. That's all I ask? Mine's Ephesians 3.20. For my God is able, huh? My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask. And it doesn't stop there. Here's the beauty of this verse. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I would ask or even think according to the power of that is at work in us. And then the next verse says this, which he demonstrated by raising Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. My God is able. Peter could tell you. Peter could tell you that when he heard the angel speak the sound of his own name, It meant everything to him. Peter could tell you that he had thought he had blown it for the last time. This is it. I'm done. But yet, not only did he hear the sound of his name, he was gathered with some other disciples. And this fresh wind, the breath of God, the sound just began to blow over him. Right? And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he became a brand new person. And this is what happened with Ezekiel. Watch he's standing in these dry bones. And he's asked this question. God says, Can these bones live? Am I able? And Ezekiel says, Lord, you know. I I don't know. You know. And then he says, This: I want you to prophesy to these bones. I want you to speak to them. They're stuck. They're stuck in the silence of Saturday. But if you just begin to speak to them, right? If you just begin to call them, right? If you just begin to say something to them, they'll come together and they did. All of a sudden, bones begin to rattle. Come on the bones begin to rattle and they got all together and the Bible says the bones begin to join where they were supposed to join and the Bible says flesh begin to come on the bones and tendons and ligaments get to put in place but yet they're laying there without life right and this is what God said to Ezekiel speak to the bones and say this live Woo, hallelujah. Live. Live. Speak, prophesy, say live. And I want you to hear a sound today. Do you hear me now? I want you to hear a sound. At first, it's the sound of your own name. You say, Pastor, no, no, no. That's everybody else. No, it's everybody else and you. And you no you haven't blown it you haven't gone so far over the edge no 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 he's calling you by name today and here's what he says live live let my breath come into your life and live again listen i don't care how old you are today i don't care what you've done today all it takes is one choice one decision one move one cry coming from deep down within your spirit where you say god i don't want to live the rest of my life just doing good things and going on vacation and making money hey nothing wrong with that do it go for it but also fulfill the plan and purpose of god for your life hallelujah would you stand to your feet and join me today listen if you're on facebook and youtube we want to thank you for joining us today God bless you guys. We love you. Happy Easter to every one of you that's joined in. But here today, man.